We just won a global search award, yay, using this exact playbook for a client. And if I'm gonna be completely honest, I'm not surprised. It's the most effective marketing playbook definitely their business has ever seen. We tripled this client's organic traffic in a year and we reduced their Google ads cost per acquisition by 73% using this playbook. But do you wanna know the really weird bit? To do this, we had to market to people who don't even want what this client sells. Right, this playbook, this strategy is about expanding your target audience so that you're targeting people that don't want what you're selling, or at least they don't think that they want it. That's a subtle but important difference. Full disclosure before we go into this, what I'm going to outline to you today is a lot of work. It's a content playbook that you can use to dominate virtually any industry online, whether you're selling products, services, software, whatever. But if you want dominance, you've got to work hard for it. When we're doing this with clients, we'll spend six to 18 months building out this type of thing. So this is only for the fearless. If you're looking for like, oh, quick hack, press this button and immediately dominate all of Google. <laughs> yeah, this isn't the episode for that, right? The quick SEO fixes a couple episodes ago. That was the one for that. This is like hardcore, right? You're, you're not happy unless you're completely dominant. This is the road to take. That being said, let's do this. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name is Tim Cameron Kitchen or Tim CK if you can't be bothered with the whole thing. And I am CEO of Exposure Ninja. Exposure Ninja, we're a digital marketing agency. We help our clients get more leads and sales online. And that is exactly what this show is all about. Helping you to get more leads and sales through your website and your digital marketing through the stuff that we learn being an agency. This episode, I'm going to share the content playbook that you can use to dominate virtually any industry online. Yes, it's a load of work, but freaking works and totally worth it. So as always, there is a video version of this podcast over on our YouTube channel. So you can just go and search on YouTube for Exposure Ninja and you'll find the channel. Cool. Now to start out, we need to go through a bit of background with this stuff. And I want you to imagine a buyer journey or a buyer funnel, right? You know the illustration, there's a funnel which is wide at the top and then it narrows down towards the bottom. And this funnel is gonna have four stages, A, I, D, A. Now we're using an industry standard ADA framework here. There is an R that we've added for repurchase, but that's another story. So if you're not familiar with ADA, the first A is attention or awareness, I for interest, D for desire, and then finally A for action. So attention or awareness, interest, desire, action. Those are the four stages. Now, everybody goes through this same process when they buy something. Sometimes they go through quickly, sometimes they go through slowly. So attention would be, oh, uh, I have a problem or uh, you know, I have some sort of need. I'm aware that there is something that needs to be resolved in my life. Interest is, okay, I've started to understand the range of possible uh, solutions for my problem. D is I've narrowed this down and there's one that I desire. And then A, action, this is the action that I take. So it happens at that macro level, i.e., oh, I might want to buy a house because we're gonna have another child or whatever, so I go through that funnel. But then it also happens on a micro level with a particular house. Oh, I'm aware of this particular house and I go through the same thing. So that's the buyer journey. And this is the thing that we're gonna be using, this four-step attention, interest, desire, action, or awareness, interest, desire, action, um, buyer journey. So sometimes we go through really quickly, right? Some let's say you're at the beach and you want an ice cream. It doesn't take you two months of research and negotiation to buy an ice cream. You fly through that buyer journey, that buyer funnel really quickly. Sometimes we go through really slowly. So if for example, you are buying a house, 
usually it takes a little bit longer to buy a house than uh, getting an ice cream at the beach. But whatever we're buying and whatever we're buying from, whatever type of thing we're getting, we go through a variation of this journey and we go through all the steps. So the team at Exposure Ninja over the years, we've analyzed more than 20,000 websites. We've worked with hundreds of clients in every imaginable market. And I can tell you one major reason that many websites underperform. And that is that they cater to one or one and a half types of customer. Most websites cater to people who are ready to purchase, i.e. they're in the action phase, they're at the bottom of this funnel. Some of them, if they're a bit more savvy, they cater to people who are in the desire area. So they try and answer some objections, they explain about the product or service that they're selling. But very few websites ever cater to the full funnel of visitors. They only cater to people who are in pain and want to do something about it. I'm going to talk you through a couple of examples. These are successful businesses. These are high growth businesses. They've done very well and they are continuing to grow. But they are catering purely, like many websites, to people right at the bottom of the funnel. Now, the first example is the Curve Card at Curve.com. So this is basically, it's a fintech uh, business. There's an app and there's a little card and you combine all of your different cards and all your finance in this one app. That's the pitch. Now their website is just download the app. Here's how it works basically. Um, sign up for it right now. And that's it. There is some selling points like you don't have to pay massive Forex fees. You don't have transaction fees on any cards, all this type of stuff. You can see all your finance in one place. But this whole website is catering to people right at the bottom of this funnel. So if you don't think that you need Curve, this thing is not going to convince you that you need Curve. It's not going to say, oh, uh, you know, find out if you've been paying too much in your foreign exchange fees. We can actually calculate this for you. And actually, you are paying too much. You might want to check out this app because actually this is going to help you save that. It doesn't even try and do that. It's basically, yeah, you want Curve? Here's how it works. Here's what you're going to get. So it's purely focusing on um, the bottom of the funnel, action and a little bit of desire. Now, another brand that we've looked at previously is The Ordinary. They're a cosmetics company completely upending the cosmetics industry. Fantastic business, great digital marketing. On their website, they are catering to people that already want these products and they already pretty much know what they need. Okay, so they've got great product pages, like many e-commerce sites, great product pages, great category pages. They've got a regimen selector where you can start going through. If you don't already know you want the ordinary, you really have to sell yourself. This website is not interested in taking top of funnel, top of the buyer journey traffic who thinks, hmm, maybe I might be interested in some different cosmetic products. It's not interested in that traffic at all. The only way that sort of visitor finds The Ordinary is if that visitor reads about The Ordinary on another website. So these websites are examples, and there are millions of websites, the majority of websites out there, that are doing a great job of converting commercial traffic, but they do a dreadful job of targeting full funnel. So what does this mean? Well, this means that they're showing like they're targeting one, one and a half or two of the four stages. And if you imagine an illustration of a funnel, you'll know that the top of the funnel is much wider. This is representative of the fact that there are so many more people at the top of the funnel than there are at the bottom of the funnel. So these websites are waiting for the perfect visitor to arrive. The visitor who's qualified themselves, has the budget, knows exactly what they need. Anyone else is going to bounce or they're going to go and continue to do some research. Now, of course, we all want more of this perfect visitor. We all want the people that have qualified themselves, have the budget and all this stuff. Yes, I get that. We all want more. 
But these visitors are the most difficult and the most expensive to attract because everyone is fighting for them. If you're selling water bottles, right, the most expensive keywords in your space are going to be water bottles or particular qualified versions of water bottle phrases. It's the most competitive traffic to fight over. So businesses spend loads of money on Google ads. They try and rank for the most competitive keywords. This traffic is great. That stuff is all really good stuff to do. But this is the most expensive traffic out there. Whereas the top of the funnel traffic, the top of the buyer journey stuff, the people who don't yet know that they need this thing, they don't know that they need the ordinary, they don't know that they need the curve card, but they have a problem which those things solve, that sort of traffic, there's loads of it. And most businesses don't care about attracting this stuff at all. They only want people to come back when they're ready to buy. And this is fairly high risk because what happens if they don't come back? What happens if they go and buy from somewhere else? Now, I want to tell you a little story. I want to educate you quickly about a market. If you love, if you're like me and you love business, you love this sort of thing, like little stories about different industries. And I want to explain something about hearing aids. If you don't know the world of hearing aids, I'm going to tell you a little story. Now we've got a client that sells hearing aids. Actually, we've got quite a few clients that sell hearing aids, but one in particular, we've got a client that sells hearing aids and they've got uh, clinics in different towns around the country that people go to. And when you go to these clinics, the staff will do hearing tests um, and they will sell these uh, customers hearing aids if they need them. So let's think about how this marketing funnel works for them. So you've got AIDA, attention or awareness. The awareness stage would be, hmm, my hearing's not perfect. You know, Kate's having to shout a little bit louder and she's getting a little bit annoyed that I'm not hearing what she's saying. So that's the awareness stage. I, interest, hmm, I might do some research. I might have a look, I might talk to some people and they might say, do you know what, have you, have you had your hearing tested? It might be that you've got a bit of hearing loss and hearing aids might help. So that might be the I stage. Then D for desire. Once I've been through that process and I've qualified myself, I might say, right, I need a hearing aid or I could use a hearing aid or at least I need a hearing test to see if I need a hearing aid. And then A, action, I'm going to buy a hearing aid. So that's the funnel in the hearing aid world. Now the desire people, these are the only group of customers that 90% of hearing aid sellers market to. Okay, everyone is bidding for, you know, hearing aids, buy hearing aids, local hearing aid fitting. The savvy ones are choosing particular brands or models of hearing aids to advertise against. But these are still these are the buyers, these are the people who've qualified themselves out. And they know that I, this is exactly what I need. They're just going for that real bottom of the funnel. Well, it turns out there's a whole lot of people at the top of the funnel who need a hearing aid, but they don't know it yet. And this is where the money is, it turns out. So we listened to our client and we heard them describe their buyer journey. And they mentioned that some of the people in the top of the funnel are searching for things like earwax removal, because some people, they think they've got a buildup of earwax and that's why they can't hear properly. So they'll go to an audiologist and the audiologist will say, actually, do you know what? You might have hearing loss. So these groups of people didn't know that they need a hearing aid. All they knew was that they had a problem. Now, most hearing aid sellers aren't interested in these folk because they're not shopping for hearing aids in inverted commas. We're going to go after the people that want hearing aids. These people, they might need them, but that's not what they want. So what we did is we said, right, well, we're going to target this traffic. So we ran ads and we got ranked for less competitive wax removal keywords and tinnitus keywords. We could get people into the clinic who would then upsell into buying hearing aids. And because so few people were doing this in their space, we cleaned up and we're still cleaning up. 
So going from narrowly targeting people only at the bottom of the buyer journey to targeting the full funnel, we tripled their organic traffic in a year and reduced their Google ad cost per lead by 73%, winning a global search award. Uh, we actually won two global search awards and we used this strategy for actually both of the clients that we won for. So that's what this looks like. Now we're gonna go through this. I'm gonna talk through some examples and we're gonna do this together, okay? I'm gonna run you through an exercise that you can use to work out how to do this for your business and how to find this sort of hidden traffic, which is hidden in plain sight, that you can target, which is gonna be much less competitive and is gonna give you a whole bunch of visitors that you can monetize much easier. Before we do that though, if you don't know, Exposure Ninja, we're a digital agency, we help clients get more leads and sales on the internet. We have a service called a free website and marketing review. This isn't a paid thing. We're not trying to charge you. We don't make money from this. Some people think we make our money from selling website reviews. This is absolutely ludicrous. We spend tens of thousands of pounds, hundreds of thousands a year on doing website reviews. We don't make our money from doing them. We do them because they're incredible, right? These free website and marketing reviews are insane. People love them. Now, what happens in these reviews is uh, we ask you for a few bits of information about your business, your marketing goals, um, and what you've done so far. Our team will then go and analyze your website, your current digital marketing and your competitors, and they'll map you out a prioritized action plan to get more leads and sales through your website over the next six to 12 months. You can get this free of charge if you go to exposureninja.com forward slash review. That's exposureninja.com forward slash review. Now, sometimes when we analyze the site, we realize actually there's something about this site which is more fundamental or there's something that this business needs to do first before they embark on digital marketing. And in those cases, actually doing the review isn't the best use of your time. So what we do instead is we have some free gifts. We have various free gifts that our consultancy team can send out to people according to what's best for the business and what's best for the stage that they're at. So sometimes the review is the right thing. Sometimes we have like a course or a training or something which is actually gonna be more useful to people. Sometimes we'll send that out instead. But anyway, go to explosioninja.com forward slash review, fill in the form. We'll have a look at your situation and what's best uh, help you. And then we'll send that over to you completely free of charge. All right, so I'm gonna show you another example of this playbook in a minute but let's get this working for you. So the first thing that you're gonna do, I'm gonna want you to imagine doing this, right? So you're gonna build a table. I do this in the video on an iPad, but down the left-hand side, you're gonna write the four different funnel stages. So A, for attention or awareness, I, interest, D, desire, and then A, action. So you've got those four down the side of the page. Now, next to each stage, what we need to do is identify the topics that people are going to be interested in at that stage we're going to identify the objections that they would have for moving into the next stage. And we're going to identify the calls to action that they will be most interested in receiving, okay? So the topics that they're most interested in at that funnel stage, the objections that they're likely to have at that point, and then the calls to action that they're gonna be most responsive to. So I'm gonna talk you through some examples to make it seem a bit real. And then we're gonna go through your website, your business, and just talk through exactly how to do this for you. So the first example, a law firm, and we've also won a ton of awards in, in law, uh, including this one, which also won a global search award. This is actually for a US law firm. Now they specialize in personal injury, which is incredibly competitive. So this sort of full funnel targeting works really well in that type of space. So if we think about the awareness or the attention stage, real top of the funnel, this isn't people that know that they need a personal injury lawyer. This might be someone who's searching for something like whiplash after car accident, okay? So that would be an example of the topic that they're interested in. So they're not yet thinking, oh, I'm gonna make a claim. What they're thinking is, I've had a car accident, my neck feels a bit weird, 
what does whiplash feel like? Okay, so that might be the sort of thing that they're asking. So what objections might they have if they came onto our client's website for some content about whiplash after car accident? Well, they might have an objection like, I don't want to be causing trouble. Like, I don't want to get anyone in trouble. I don't want to sue anyone. Okay, so they might have some sort of inertia or reluctance to take this further. What sort of calls to action are they going to be most responsive to? They're probably not going to be responsive to like, come in and book a consultation with us. That's going to feel too high commitment to someone who two minutes ago, it wasn't even thinking about personal injury at all. They were just thinking my neck feels a bit weird. They're not going to go straight from my neck feels a bit weird to like booking a consultation. They might go for something like a downloadable guide to, you know, what happens after a car accident. They might go through a questionnaire about how to tell if you're suffering after a car accident, something like that, which is lower commitment. Okay, so that's the A stage. The interest stage, um, what sort of topics will people be interested in here? They might be interested in stuff like car accident with uninsured driver. Okay, with car accident with uninsured driver, they're starting to think about the implications of something that's just happened. Okay, so at this stage, they're not thinking about, I'm going to need a lawyer. They're just starting to research, hmm, I've got interest here. Something could be a bit sticky and I'm not sure what the answer is. So as people start moving down this buyer funnel, they start thinking a bit more, you know, implications of things, okay, and scoping out possible solutions. So you think through the topics, topics would be things like car accident with uninsured driver. Uh, an objection might be something like, well, hmm, I might not have a case or I might not win a case if I was to take someone to court for this type of thing. Okay, so they might have some doubt about this particular solution that we're proposing, the personal injury solicitor. So a call to action that they might be responsive to would be something like a case evaluation. Contact us, we'll talk you through your case and see if you've got a case or see how much you could claim. Okay, now as we go into the D, the desire, well, this is someone who has decided that they do need a personal injury um, solicitor. They are going this route. So either they're looking to qualify potential options or they're looking for a bit more information before they pull the trigger and choose the right person for them. So a topic that they might be interested in would be something like personal injury court procedure. Okay, so they've already decided that they're going down that route. They just want to know what's involved so they can get prepared. An objection might be something like, oh, this sounds really stressful. This whole process sounds a bit stressful. I'm not sure I'm ready for this. So a call to action that they might be responsive to might be something like a free consultation or, you know, free no obligation consultation or something like that, right? So you can see what we're doing here. We've got these funnel stages. We've got topics that people are interested in, the objections that they might have, and a call to action, which would be the answer to those objections. And what this allows you to do when you're publishing content on your website is to make sure that you've got all of these different types of content, these different intents, if you like, covered. So your desire and your action content is going to be on your product service and product category pages. So if you're an e-commerce business, this is going to be on your product pages. It's going to be on your e-com uh, category pages. If you're a lead generation or a software business, the desire and the action stuff is going to be on your service pages or your software feature pages. The awareness and the interest content, this is going to be in your blog or your knowledge base. Okay, so you can have different types of content on your site targeting these different funnel stages. So that's an example for a personal injury law firm. Let's do another example because the more we do this, the more the pattern sort of uh, starts to fall out. Now, this example, this client I'm going to talk you through um, is actually a specific business that we've been working with since they started. In fact, since before the business was even started, we worked with this software firm. Uh, we grew them from zero, a glint in the founder's eye, 
to a 26 million pound cash exit, we help them dominate their space. So they're in the performance management software industry. So they sell software which companies can use to manage their team's performance. Now this is the perfect sort of business for this type of content playbook because a whole bunch of people who need this software don't know that they have a problem. You don't know that you have a performance management problem. You might think that you've got a staff retention problem or a profitability problem. And the solution to that might be performance management software, but you might not be looking for this thing. And when we started working with this client, there was no awareness of performance management software. It wasn't really a thing. This was one of the first companies in this space to do it. So let's think through these funnel stages, the attention or the awareness. A topic that someone might be um, interested in at this stage would be something like reduce staff turnover. So they don't think I need performance management software. They think, oh, we're losing a whole bunch of staff something's going on, we need to identify what that is. So at this point, their objections are most likely to be, I don't have a performance management problem. They don't think that they've got a problem in the area that our client is working in. They think that they've just got a staff turnover problem. Is it that we've got a bad culture? Is it that we're not paying enough, blah, blah, blah. So a call to action that someone who comes onto the site for this type of content would be responsive to is not gonna be book a demo with our software because they don't even think that they've got that sort of problem. Okay, we're gonna have to convince them that they've got that problem over time. A call to action that they might be responsive to might be a downloadable guide on how to reduce staff turnover. Okay, fill in your name and email, we'll get you on an email list that will automatically send you an indoctrination sequence which talks about how to reduce staff turnover. That's the problem that you think you've got. And we can talk over time about, oh, this business reduced their staff turnover because they fixed their performance management problems. They went from annual appraisals to continuous performance management and blah, 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 right? So we're not gonna try and sell them in go one. We're gonna say, I recognize your problem. Here's the solution to your problem wink, wink, nudge, nudge. We have a solution that fixes this, but don't worry about that. Here's your checklist, off you go. But we're gonna get their email address or something that allows us to remarket to them over time. So that's the A stage. The I stage, interest. Uh, a topic that somebody might be searching for who is interested in performance management software, but not yet ready to commit, might be something like employee performance templates. Let's say they wanna run KPI sessions with their teams. They might just want a downloadable guide that they can use or a template or a checklist or something if they're restructuring these, okay? So the objection that they might have to purchasing our client's software at this stage might be that they think that their problem, they know they've got a performance management problem, but they think that the problem can be fixed really simply. I just need a better performance conversation template. Okay, well, nah, that's one thing, but you know, but whatever, that's gonna be their objection. So the call to action, the thing that we might give them here might be a longer guide to managing employee performance in your company. As we get to the D stage, the desire stage, this is when people are like, okay, cool. Some performance management software would actually be pretty good. I just need to find the right one for me. So topics like top performance management software features. If someone's starting to qualify through, they might be comparing different options. So software A versus software B might be another topic that people are looking for. This is more commercial traffic now. So objections might be stuff like, well, this looks really expensive or this looks like hard work, or the onboarding's gonna be chaos. It's gonna be more specific things. They're like envisaging purchasing this thing now. So a call to action might be a demo. It might be get a quote. It might be something like that. It's gonna have higher commitment. It's gonna be higher commercial intent. Does this make sense? So we've got these funnel stages down the left-hand side, AID, and you can do A as well, although A is someone who wants to buy. Then you've got topics, objections, and calls to action. So let's do an example for you. So awareness, the first stage, the topics you want to start listing down. And in these examples, we've just done one topic for each, but you might want to think of five, 10, 15 different topics in each one. When we're working with a client, we might be doing four or five posts per month 
on different stages of the funnel and we might be doing that for a year. So we've got clients where we've written 60, we might have planned out 80 or even 100. We're doing one for Exposure Ninja, 600 different topics which we're going to be writing for because if you want to dominate you got to dominate so think through topics in the a stage and these are going to be what are people thinking about when they realize that they may have an issue so not when they've prescribed your solution when they realize that they may have an issue now the objections in the initial a awareness uh, stage are going to be things like people being in denial right um, do they even realize that they have an issue? So think of the hearing aids. These people don't think that they've got hearing loss. They think that they've just got blocked ears. So one of the objections that you might have to get over in this stage is that they are in denial. They don't accept that they've got a problem. So your call to action that you offer them, it's no good saying, hey, come in for a hearing test. They're like, well, I don't have a hearing problem. You need something else. So you want to offer a low commitment call to action, which feels like it's the solution to their problem. For example, we offer wax removal services. Great, that's the thing I need. Turns out when you come in and get it, it's actually not the thing that you need, but now you're in so we can have the conversation that you really need. So at this stage, don't try and get people to book a consultation. Don't try and get some people to take some high commitment thing. Remember two minutes ago, they didn't even know they had an issue. <laughs> okay, right, let's move on to the next stage section. This is interest, I. So for topics, what questions do people have as they start to investigate the solutions to their problem. So this time they haven't qualified out what they need to do. They haven't qualified out, well, I need to go in this route. They're just starting to ask the questions in their heads about what my possible solutions are. They're becoming interested in what it is that you sell. So objections that people might have at this stage. Do people make a mistake when they begin to weigh up their options? Do they underestimate the scale of their problem? Okay, that'd be a common objection category that people would have in the interest stage. I'm, uh, you know, I'm feeling a bit hot on the beach. I'm interested in just getting a drink, but actually I need a drink and a parasol and ice cream, right? And then the calls to action that are gonna make the most sense for people at this stage. You can convince some of these people to book a consultation. If people are interested in weighing up their options, some of them will book a consultation, but this needs to be pitched in a way that is appealing to them. It can't be book a consultation for our marketing service. Let's say people have a problem, uh, their awareness, I need to grow my business, my business has been shrinking, the recession is having an issue, whatever. Interest, mm, maybe some marketing would help. So we can convince people to request a free website and marketing review from Exposure Ninja if they're in this stage, maybe some marketing would fix our business downturn. What we can't do is convince them to get a free digital marketing consultation, okay? Because that's a sales piece. They're not ready for that yet. They're still at the stage where I need to evaluate my options. I've still got questions about how I might fix this problem. So you need to go to them with something very high value if you're going to try and pitch a consultation. And then the D stage, the desire stage, what topics are on their minds as they begin to choose what to buy when they're evaluating you versus competitors, what questions they have. The objections that you're gonna be answering in that content are what stops people from buying from you, okay? Why don't they choose you? What are they getting wrong about that choice? And then the call to action, now they're gonna be willing to book a trial, they might get a quote, they might request a, you know, a more obvious consultation that feels more salesy, right? You never really wanna say book a call with sales, that's not really appealing for anyone. <laughs> but if you were gonna say that, you only want to be pitching that to people that have already qualified themselves and they want you and they are ready to take an action. So once you've got all of this stuff, what do you actually do with it? Well, like I said before, now you've got these topics, you've got the objections that you're handling and the calls to action. This is where you start planning out your content. 
the commercial focused content that you're putting together, your D and your A, the desire and the action. This is going to go on your product pages, your service pages, your category pages, your awareness and your interest content. This is going to go in your knowledge base and your blog content. Go and have a look at the video version of this podcast. I'll show you some examples in the real world. I hope you found this podcast useful though. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. We absolutely love reading the reviews every single week. Until next week, see you soon.